so we have come to the final day of BGGCon. So day four? I'm counting it as four. Yeah, day four of BGGCon. So it's Saturday night, and as is consistent, it is 3.30 in the morning, <laughs> Sunday morning. Uh, yeah, so for all intents and purposes, for me at least, BGGCon is over. And I have... I look forward to seeing my guest or, or whoever, whatever, the, the guy who's recording with me. I look forward to seeing him every year at this, and that's James Nathan. So, James, tell folks a little bit about you. Sure. I'm James Nathan. Um, I uh, like to play games. Um, I play <laughs> uh, pretty obscure things. I like coming here because of the depth of the library um, to play some of the new things, but mostly the older things, you know. And um, the more I come, the more other people I meet, um, and, and I'm slow, you know, I'm a person who I think sometimes knows that, in theory, it's about people and not games, but that in practice, I sometimes have trouble with that. Okay. And I think that, in actuality, for me, it may be about the games and not the people. No, but, it, you know, it's it, it really okay, though. I mean... Yeah. Sure. Today in my guild, yeah, somebody was like a dissenting opinion. Yeah. Actually, for me, it's about the games and not the people. Sure. So I totally get and, that. But and that's okay. I think this place changes me more the other way, right? I, part of it is coming year after year. Part of it is how friendly other people are. Part of it is the people that. You know, <clears throat> I'm not somebody to reach out to other people, right? But so, for instance, there's a guy a couple floors up who lives in Austin. He brought 14 IKEA bags full of games and two Rubbermaid totes. That's to a, a lot of with the library to here, a convention with 3,000 titles. He right. brought that many games, right? Wow. So he also has been at, at a different convention locally and been playing games for two weeks straight, right? Guys. Totally, he's a totally amazing person, nice as could be. So we're here Tuesday night. He's here with all his bags. And, uh, and he essentially is running a like, mini secret library for the people he knows out of his hotel room. And you just say, hey, uh, let me go get something out of your room. And he'll give you his room key card. And you just go and like, root through his bags. And there were so many hidden treasures that, just really obscure as someone stuff. who's generally known for having sure taste in games, I've never even heard of or seen, right? Um, and, but, you know, so anyway, so if I post things on the, on the geek about various obscure things, he's always a guy to thumb things and comment things and whatever. And I, and I said something once and he's like, Hey, if you're going to be GGCon, we should meet up, you know? And so years ago that happened and, and him pulling me in like that saying, Hey, come play with us. And then the people I met from that and just, it's, so for this con, it's slowly becoming more about the people, right? Okay. You know, the, between that, between um, Patrick doing his bingo card that one year, yep, right? Yep, yep. right? However, I, I, however that, yeah. I ended up on the bingo yeah. card, right? And, um, <clears throat> you know, volunteering for the con, teaching people games, right? Um, helps a lot with that. And, uh, and just the drunk people you run into. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a guy a couple years ago, we were sitting in the, in the hotel lobby bar, there's a there's a, a Barcelona and somebody else soccer game on TV, right? So this guy's talking to us, and just random dude, right? Random dude. Okay. Explaining way more to me about soccer and the history of Spain than I ever knew, right? And about the the Barcelona in Spain kind of thing, but he explained it via the El Grande map, right? <laughs> and. <w> <laughs> Where else could you have a conversation about, about political disputes in Spain by using the El Grande map, right? As you do. Uh, so that guy, when we were just coming up the elevator, and I said, hey, that's the guy with the big Julius Caesar map, and I've been telling other people about some interesting escape room things he does that blow my mind, you know, because he's some guy that was sitting next to me at the bar telling me about whatever, you know what I mean? And so it's just year after year, I meet like one new group, right? This cat last year who... I've been working in the, in the library at 8 a.m., right? Comes in drunk as can be, asking for a game recommendation. I recommend some goofy stuff to him. And uh, he goes out there. He's playing with one of my good buddies I play games with every week. So this guy's walking through the rules, and he's got this cold room temperature stale, not cold, room temperature, 
uh, homebrew that he is like, got all these cups he's been up drinking all night and he's like pouring them together and being like, oh, here, you should finish this off. And just, just a night, but he's a, such an amazing human being. Doug. Doug, you got it. <laughs> Absolutely, it was going to be Doug. And uh, Doug's amazing. And so, so last night, when we had not hot games room. Oh, okay. We, we, hold on. Yes. I, caveat also, I can't consume content coverage while I'm at the, uh, the event, right? So I will be listening to the daily recaps oh, no, on my way no, home. No, so no, I had no. no idea anything that was said or not said last night. But you were going to talk about that here shortly. But okay. So at Not right. Hot Games Room the last night, of that. this guy named Jim comes up, who I've never met before, but it turns out is a good friend of Doug. And, uh, and, and I thought they kind of had a Doug vibe. And, and Doug's group, whose name is Chits, C-H-I-T-S, and Giggles. They like, that's what they named their local group, okay? They walk around with balloons tied to themselves so they can easily find each other in the big ballroom. Or, or when they're drunk. But yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 whatever, yes. right. So, so they came up, and a couple of them had balloons, and, and they were giving me kind of a Doug vibe. And I was like, are you guys friends with... And I, I don't think I knew, remembered his name at the time. So, so, but I explained the situation. I was like, there was this drunk guy last year who was like, oh, oh yeah, our friend Doug. And everybody's like, <laughs> there was no question who like, I was talking oh, that, about, right? That was Doug. So, so Doug's good friend Jim saw something I posted about Not Hot Games Room and brought like nine people um, to play my weird stuff. And, uh, and so now just making friends with all of those people, right? And it's, I was telling Holly and Mr. Holly about the... Um, <laughs> I.e. Longstreet, yes. yes. About um, Bajellan's Kitchen that I ate at in Norway a couple weeks ago. And... 83-year-old grandmother. 83, I assume grandmother. Um, Magellan. Oh, so, yeah. so I'm trying to get through this story. And, and there's so many people walking by that I know that it's hard to get through a story. And it's just great, like, I have such, like, name and face blindness that, like, being able to know and recognize and talk to people, like, that's just not even a thing that happens, right? Um, and so it's great. So you can probably tell it really is becoming more people and less games, right? I, I no longer come with a spreadsheet of these are the games we're going to play and here's who's reading the rules and here's everybody. Like, those days are over. It really is more now, oh, I should remember to talk to this person and meet this person. and so. That's awesome. So Amanda and I met you one year, two years ago, three years ago, three think, years ago. Yeah, I sure. think three sure, years sure, ago, sure. playing Time's Up. And almost passing out laughing so hard because you you have a you were we didn't know your name for sure. like a year or two years we yeah. just knew you as the stance yeah so tell folks a little bit about that i in the same way that i'm finally come around to this being more about people than games there was a couple times this week when I almost came around to it being more about the experience than about, like, winning or something, right? Right, yeah, sure, right. Um, you know, and that's easy if it's, like, 1 a.m. and you're playing some goofy game, right? But there was a couple times where we were just playing a game that we didn't want to be playing, right? <laughs> and the only way to enjoy ourselves was to just stop caring about the game. right. Um, and, and maybe I had a bit of a breakthrough a couple times this week on that, it, which is a long way around to saying that there was a time when I sure took things, even if it was times up pretty seriously. Right. And just the way my mind works, like if I can do my best at it, I'm going to do that, you know, even if it's times up or whatever. So, and tiny efficiencies and whatever. So I like to play in a way that will. The, I pace around a lot, right? And, and so I stand in kind of a forward lunge where it kind of like keeps me from moving around. And when there's a table, which there usually is, it gives me an easy access to like drop cards quickly and, and, and half piles. And it's not like I look people in the eye anyway. And so it, it, maybe I do it because it gives me a way to like look down more naturally than 
then um, who knows? You know, I don't have a... Um, I, I used to do a lot of pottery, right? And um, for a long time, I wanted to make clay that would expand, right? Okay. So pottery, when you, when you make it, it's going to dry, and then you're going to fire it, right? And, but when it dries, it's going to shrink, let's say, 10% on average, right? Okay. When you fire it, it's going to shrink another 10%, right? And it always bothered me that when I had my final thing I made... You were happy so much, with it. It was so much smaller when it came out of the kiln than it was when I made it, right? right. So I when made you... it the size I wanted it to exactly. be. Exactly. Right, Why right, right, is it right. this other size, right? I have a pretty good metabolism, and, and I've always, like, I get cold... Sometimes I get a weird fragile feeling in my bones, you know, and for a long time, I couldn't figure out why I wanted to make pottery that would expand, right? And it's art class, so you have to write like an artist statement or whatever, right? And so for years, I had to write one, but I don't feel like I knew what the answer was. I just knew that's what I wanted to do. And then it occurred to me one day that maybe I wanted to be fat, maybe not fat, but that I wanted to be thicker, thicker, right? And I really felt like when it occurred to me that that's what I wanted to do, that maybe I was, that felt like the right answer, right? So I don't have the right answer for why I play so intensely at things like Time's Up, right? <laughs> I'm still working on, on that, on my passion for the long tail of things like the Not Hot Games Room, right? Um, so I don't have answers. But it's, I love how, how passionate you are about sure. it. And that's, how, that's what it comes through. And it's hysterical and in the best way possible, that's a, right? Pa passion's a totally great way to put it. Right. I, and I, I you, know, you asked me if something was wrong or something earlier today because I was just kind of sitting still. And I generally have a speed of going and being on pause. <laughs> and, and I was just on pause. And so when I'm playing a game, I'm usually ongoing, right? Um, and it... it, it, it the passion comes through in a way that it it brings joy yeah. in a lot of ways to yeah. other people. So, for instance, tonight, we were playing Time's Up with a group of, like, 17 or 19 of us, whatever it was. Yeah. And you got up and got in the stance. Yeah. And it just, it made me smile. Yeah. And I knew it'd make Amanda yeah. happy. Yeah, yeah, So while you were doing going through everything, I got a couple pictures I didn't say a word. Yeah. I didn't say anything. I just texted it to Amanda and just tears streaming down her eyes, yeah, yeah. laughing so hard. And the only response was, thank you. Yeah. And it just, and that's why I say it's about the people. It's Absolutely. that passion. It's that joy. It's just the, the, the connection yeah. with one another, right? Yeah. So on that note, last year, after playing Time's Up, we were playing uh, another a game with a couple of magnets on both sides. Mino and Tari. Thank you. And you brought up the idea of the Not Hat Games Room. So we had uh, earlier in the day. Last year. Last year. Last right. year. Been playing up in 1325. 1325 is one of my favorite rooms. It has windows. It has tall ceilings. And almost no one is there. 13th floor, for those that know, all the 25s, as I've mentioned, are little gaming spaces. Like, we're sitting in one right now on 225 on yep. my floor, and there's six tables in here and not a soul in here. And a private bathroom for the yes, room. which is wonderful, and a jug of water. And a jug of water. Um, and there was no one there, you know, and, and my groups, you know, I, while I'm doing better about interacting with those strangers on certain occasions... You know, my regular weekly group all comes. And so... That's your safe space, kind of. Um, it is. Uh, and or so comfort zone, sure, maybe? Sure, yeah, So yeah. we often... And, and also, we know that we have the same taste in games, right? So we're often playing with each other. Um, and so one of our general habits that we fall into is we all go to the library. We each check out a title. We all go have rules break. And then we plow through four games, and then we do it again, Right? So 1325 was so uncrowded one day that we all just decided to pick a different table and set up our games, right? So we were all sitting at our different games, reading rules, and, and people would walk in, and I was like, wait a minute, this is just like the hot games room. <laughs> I said, this is what I could do. 
I could take, so there's a geek list called Games Only You Have Played This Month that's been running since, I think it started in 2012. There's been a couple months that they missed. Um, and essentially, on an honor system, if you are the only person to have logged to play this month, um, add your title to this list. You know, and, and like I said, I can't explain why, but, but I'm drawn much more to the long tail of, of titles of, um, that I think need more exposure or, or whatever. Um, <clears throat> so I'm less interested in what's new on Kickstarter and what's new coming out at Origins and Gen Con than I am on what titles people are posting to that list every month, right? That's where I find out about new games I want to play, right? So I, I exported all the lists to, to Google Docs and I, and I... Going all the way back to the beginning? Yes. Okay, all right. Um, and wrote some formulas to give me a list of, here's all the titles that have appeared, here's how many times they've appeared. And I scrolled through however many titles it was, I definitely don't know, and, and said, oh, I own that, I own that, oh, I really want to try that, I really want to try that. Um, here's ones I can bring, here's ones that are in the library, here's ones that are in storage. And um, so in storage in the BGG storage. So, library. So the library has 3,000-something titles. There's a separate storage collection of 3,000-something titles. And there's normally a system where they'll put up a geek list, and you can add titles and say, I want this pulled, I want this pulled, I want this pulled. And then based on thumbs, they'll pull X titles into the library. So uh, I tried adding titles to that a couple years ago for things I was interested in playing, and I generally got comments that said, you don't want to play that. That game's really terrible. <laughs> and then no one thumbed my game. So this year I just emailed uh, the, the staff that, that run the convention and said, I have a crazy idea for an event that's based on games no one wants to play. And uh, I said, can I have special compensation to have these pulled from storage and have them checked out for longer periods and more titles, and, and, and I'm going to go set them up and, and have this terrible event. And, uh, and they were great. They were just like, sure, of course. You know? And um, so they, they emailed me again when they got them pulled, and, and they emailed me with, hey, here's how you can violate all these library policies, and here's, right. here's how we'll do it. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and, they, and then even later the next day, I don't remember what was going on, but it was super crowded. But one of the people who's busy running the convention, walking by me, said, hey, how did your event go last night? You know, and just the fact that, how'd she know it was me, right? The fact that she's aware of everything going on at the con enough and thought enough to ask, like, it was just great. Little stuff like that matters. Yeah. So how did you choose the games that you chose for last night? So, like I said, things that were available, right? Things I knew that were great, Basket Boss, you know, Kowali is generally worth playing, right? I'm a big fan of Habitats from last year. Um, the, um, there's a Japanese designer who's, who honestly, I don't know his name, um, but had a, a three-player co-op trick-taking game called Familiar's Trouble. Um, the um, COG... I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but it's K Kogi or Ko it's K O G G E, right? Um, an earlier game from the Hansa Teutonica developer that that I think just does some quite interesting things, you know. And just to take a sidetrack because that's what I do. Um, so I got into the hobby back in like 2003 or four, right? And so at that time there was, let's say, five podcasts, and there was one person doing videos, right? Right. And Scott Nicholson, right, was the guy doing videos. Of course. And he essentially, around that time, put out a video to say, eh, games, right? And he was kind of like, you know what? I'm at a point where I just don't care that much about the new stuff, you know? And, and I feel like I've been at that point for a long time where I don't care if the game's good. Does it do something interesting that I haven't seen before, right? And so... I can forgive a whole lot of not being a good game if it... If it does something cool and original. If it makes me think in a, in a, in a slightly different way or, or something like that. Um, so, so a lot of those titles fit that niche for me, right? You know? So I brought a thing called Ina Gagan Ina, which um, I think it has multiple designers, but one of them that, that got my attention was Marcel Andre Casola Merkel. Um, of things like Tuluva and I think some other things that I don't remember. Um, but it is a German 
language game that doesn't come with rules, and as you play the game, you have to figure out the rules. Um, so it's pretty much a play once thing. The game's not bad, but you're not going to play it again. Um, my understanding is that there were 10 English copies at S in the year it came up that, that somebody had gotten early and been able to like translate or something and had not paste-ups, but roughly paste-ups, right? Um, and there was a copy that came up in the marketplace a couple years ago for $10, $20, or something. I've been looking at this game for a decade, right? Um, so I brought that with me because I was sure that there was other people who, who would be quite excited to get to play it, right? I brought Planet Surprise, which is a Russian scratch-off game. Which you were telling me about. This is nuts, <laughs> dude. So it, you buy these little packs. It's like five lotto cards. And it's got, on the bottom, it's got like action spaces for like what action you're taking. You're not going to use all of them. And then it has various planets, and everybody has the same underneath of like positive planets, negative points, you know, and you're just, you take your action and you do whatever it is, whether it's scratching yours off, looking at somebody else's, telling somebody else which planet to scratch off. And um, you go around 10 times and, and you add up some points. Um, there was um, Zap Zarap, which is sort of like a sorry Parcheesi type game, but for choosing the movement, there's 13 uh, little canisters in the middle that have BBs in them that correspond to 1 through 13. And you're going to roll the dice, and everybody's going to pick them up and shake them by their ear. And uh, you get to move if you get the number you rolled on the dice or less. Anybody who got greedy and took over that won't get to move. You know, And it's sort of listening dexterity. And it's great, <laughs> because when I talk about feelings you don't get from games and ways you have to think differently, have you ever had to play a game where how well you could hear in one ear... Like, like your ear gets tired playing, and I have to switch ears partway through, right? Turns out I have a right-dominant ear, like, <laughs> at least when it comes to detecting how many BBs are in a tiny cylinder, right? <laughs> so, um, there were some titles I set up from the library um, that, that I didn't end up playing. You know, some of these titles we played during the year in preparation to make sure that I wasn't making a huge mistake in adding it, right? Um, you know, the... Um, there was another guy who was here who doesn't come very often and who's a pretty private guy. He last came 10 years ago. Um, he said, I think that would quantify as doesn't come too often. No. He said he was coming just to meet with people and didn't even expect to play a game. Um, he has obscure taste in games than I do. And, and I was quite excited to possibly get to meet him. And I, I did get to meet him. We did play some games together. They were fantastic. Um, he's somebody that I'm in some, some email conversations with occasionally in, in a larger group, um, but, but somebody who's, who's been in the hobby for a long time, and I sure didn't think knew my name or anything. But when he said, I'm glad to meet you too, like just blew my mind, right? But so when that guy puts together lists of his like top, let's say 189 games and, and half of, you know, they're titles that only I and he love, I feel like, right? <laughs> and so yeah. if he says he loves it, I'm going to take a look at it, right? Um, I can relate so, to that, sure. So he's, um, a lot of the titles honestly were based on his recommendations. Um, not, he wouldn't call them recommendations. He would think you were crazy if you wanted to play the things that he likes, but... Um, so, uh, so the other one I, th I think you're probably waiting on me to say is Hinklenstein, right? So I'm a big Klaus Zock fan, uh, and specifically of Chili Spieler, right? So as best I understand it, and I'm no authority on the situation, Klaus Zock of Zock Verlag didn't think, wanted to produce games that were too unique and obscure for Zock to make themselves, right? Zock of Hamster Roll and Bambolio and Zap Zarap, don't... Klaus is actually the designer of Zap well, and and, and uh, Balsack right. as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if that guy wants to make games that have such like high component costs and, and low expectations of sales and whatever that he has to make a spin-off of his own company, right? So the two that people are going to be most familiar with, I believe, yes, are the climbers. Yep. The Alsteiger. Right. And uh, Noya Heimet. Correct. Right, and then last night... So there was also one called Cobra. Don't worry about Cobra. And <laughs> there was a, there's another city one that I, that I haven't played. Um, so there is this one called Hinklenstein, right? So the story about Hinklenstein, four or five years ago, when I did come with a spreadsheet, 
We were playing Cobra. It was very disappointing. We weren't going to check out Hinklenstein because we were so disappointed in Cobra. And there was a guy, don't ask me his name, who was walking by. He had Aufsteiger and Neue Heimat in his hand. And we said, hey, we said, have you ever played uh, Hinklenstein? Is it any good? And he's like, oh, God, it's great. We're, it's 12.30 at night. He goes, I'll be right back. I'll go check out the library and teach you. And he stopped whatever he was doing to return those to the library. He went and got the other one, and he sat and played it with us. And it was great, you know. And, uh, and I hadn't played it since. Um, and so partially I just had fond memories of playing it. Fingers crossed it was actually any good, let alone I sure don't remember how to play it. And, um, and so we set it up, too. Um, we did have one that was kind of a disaster called Auto Scooter. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Kind Complete of a disaster? disaster? Okay. So when I, the, the boys I typically play with, when we come to BGGCon, we, we don't generally do this at home, but when we're here and we're trying to shotgun through new games to try, uh, I found on an, on an RPG website these cards you can get. They're kind of like when you go to the Brazilian steakhouse, right? And you got like a green, I'm ready to go, give me more meat. <laughs> and, and a red, red side, like, no, I, stop, I'm stop, done. I'm done, I'm, I'm done. done, right? <laughs> so the card says, on the green side, it says, ready for action. And on the red side, it says, done. So we get them out of our name tags. We set them on the table on the ready for action side when the game sets up. And then if at any point you're like, let's stop. I want to put it back in the box. We do not need to finish this nonsense. You just kind of flip it over, right? Just casually. You casually flip it over. But I'm very sensitive to, I don't want my disappointment in the game to affect somebody else's enjoyment. Sure. So totally. I don't want to bring up and be like, this game you don't want You don't want to be the killjoy for someone else's right, right. enjoyment. So right. the, the point of the cards to me is that it's a subtle way. And then, because the only people checking other people's cards is the people who are miserable. Yeah, the one looking like, please, God, let, let somebody else exactly. have done that. And then when right. you have a quorum, put it back in the box, right? <laughs> yep. So that's when you vocally be like, eh, we got our quorum. Yeah. This thing's going back, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we pulled, the, we pulled the done card out on uh, Second round on or was auto it scooter. Third round? I think it was the beginning of the third <laughs> round. And, the, and really nothing even happens in the first round. So um, That was an abject disaster. Yeah, so. But you, and I said something tonight that you were like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, hold on. I was like. There have to be some really bad games for you to truly appreciate the good games that absolutely, are out there, absolutely. right? Absolutely, absolutely. And, we, you know, the, the boys I typically play with also, we've talked about just the density of games that we play here also gives a good stark contrast to, wow, that game seemed really great. Maybe it was just in contrast to we've been playing lousy things, you know, but, but that, that difference in, in the... In quality. In, in, of, the, in the comparison yes. of, of adjacency, right? In his defense, the guy who recommended auto, who did not recommend, but who likes Auto Scooter, is also a guy who says that QE is one of his favorite titles from, from Spiel this year. Um, and so, I've told the story on the podcast how uh, Gavin, the designer, yeah. I can't think of Gavin's last name, but the designer and manufacturer of his games, because they're all handmade wooden component games. And last year it was uh, Fog of War, and this year it was uh, QE, which stands for quanti Quantitative Easing, which is an economic term, which, I'll be honest, until Clay from Capstone... Yeah. When he was like, QE, does that stand for quantitative easing? Sure. And I was like, until he asked me that at yeah. Essen, I had never heard that term in oh, my really? life. I didn't go to college. Sure. I, I don't sure. have an economics sure. degree or anything like that. And I was like, what does that mean? Right, right. And he explained it. And I was like, yep, that's yep. exactly what it yep. means. And so I had emailed Gavin after the fact. I, I had emailed him late. Because all of these are handmade, and he runs a Kickstarter for like 50 copies or something like that. And he said, hey, I'm going to have 17 copies of these ready in time for Essen. Anybody who emails me, first 17 people. Yep. And I forgot. I was busy getting ready for the show. And I was like, oh, my. When I read what it was, and I was like, this is right up my alley. I've got to be able to get this game. I was like, Gavin really are you sold out yeah and i kind of i didn't want to guilt him into it not that sure but maybe a little bit yeah. just you know gentle prod 
So instead of there being 17 copies of Essen, there were 18 copies of Essen. So thank you. And, and, and did you bring your copy? I did not. Because <laughs> I actually looked at it and went, no one's going to want to play that. And then tonight at about 3 o'clock, no, I'd say about 2.45 tonight, this morning. Yeah. After we get done playing. Uh, Time's up. Time's up. We're walking around, kind of hanging out. You just yep. finished playing a game, and you're like, can, can a brother find a copy of QE? And I was and, like... And, and really, I've been doing that all week. I've been, I've been texting or messaging everybody who's here that I knew went to Essen and I thought would have an overlapping taste enough that they might have a copy. Which you went to Essen as well. I did. And voluntarily chose to not pick I up I was a worried copy. about luggage space. I was worried that it was going to fall on the... Heavier side, right? The no, physically. not no. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, physically I was worried about the heavier. physically heavy side. I was worried that it would be quirky and not really something I wanted to have. Okay. Um, something I wanted to try once. That's why I come to BGG Count, right? Well, now it's for the people, but there was a time yeah, when yeah, it was yeah, to try yeah, the yeah, thing yeah, right, right, okay. right. So, so anyway, go ahead. So you're sitting there finishing up this card game, and I couldn't find you at first. Yep. Uh, 4P as opposed to 8P or uh, 0P, whatever, yep. it doesn't matter. Uh, then you were like, my kingdom to yeah. find a copy of QE. And I was like, you know, funny you mentioned that. I said about five tables over from right where we're yep. standing, they're playing it. And you were like, what? Yep. And we made a beeline over there. It no and, longer mattered what time it was. And all of a sudden, and I had said, they had offered me to play. Yep. And I was like, nah, I got to go pack. I got to yep. record. Yep. And I was, they I brought you over, yep. and they were like, okay, we're going to stand up, you two yep. play this they had, game. They hadn't, they hadn't even started yet. They seemed to have just set up, and maybe they had explained the rules. But well, They actually had just finished the, uh, one oh, game previous of previous game? Right. Okay, okay. So take it from there. It was great. You know, I mean, I knew, so the general conceit is, the, the important part to me in the attraction to the game is that it's an auction game where you can spend all the money you want. Literally, there is no cap on how much you can spend. But that whatever country prints the most money is automatically disqualified and loses. And, and I'm a huge fan of that mechanic in game where you're pushed to do something, but if you do it too much, you get the boot. You, you cut your own throat, right? right. You know, the, the not donating enough in Habengut and, and things like that, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's what drew me to it. What I didn't realize... And, and was that the bids are largely private. I, for some reason, thought they were public. I mean, I don't think the rules are, are, are publicly, like, I don't think there's a PDF or anything. And I didn't realize that, you know, that's a twist that might have made me buy it, right? Um, so you're, you want me to just explain? Sure, go for it, because I'm going to be live streaming this here in a couple <laughs> weeks. So, so, yeah, go for it. And people are going to be really upset that they don't have a copy of this. So you've got... Every, each player gets assigned a country. You get assigned a the, your country will be public. You get assigned a private like industry type, and there are 16 tiles you're going to bid over four rounds. Each round has four, and the tile distribution is one industry per country. Each industry is represented for each country, and they have various point totals on them, one through four, roughly. So uh, in each round, you're going to one player will go. They'll flip up one for public auction. They will write a public bid that is visible to everyone what they bid on a tile. So and if it's my turn, if I, I put out a bid or I flip this tile and I say, okay, I'm going to set the base price essentially yes. at, say, 10 units, $10, sure. whatever. The other players then take their dry erase markers and on the back side of their bid sheet, they will write what they want to bid. Something lower, something higher and you set them all down face down. Whoever's turn it is, Edward will pick them all up and look at them. If there's a high bid, that person has won, but no one else will know who won. The price they paid, sorry, the price They'll they paid. Know They'll won, know who they won, they don't know how much. Correct. So if I set the bid at 10, they don't know if you won at 11 or you won at 35. Right, you'll know you won with more than that, but, but not what it is. Um, there's some couple other nuances, but essentially right, yeah. it's that. You go around and around. Um, it was great. You know, it has that, that Ponzi scheme thing of, of not knowing, like, what some of the costs going on are. Um, Completely player-driven. As, um, as the other fellow was, describes it, it has 
trackable hidden information, right? It's not like a game like Power Grid where you have to have the discussion of are we going to have our money open or closed. It's right. really trackable. What's the point in hiding it, right? That this game has things he can track that are hidden. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think what it is because, okay, you know I paid more than 10 if I won this tile, if that was the base price. Yeah. But you don't know how much. He may have been... So I, I, I would argue that it... Doesn't I, I may be that? totally no mis- no I may be totally and don't sweat what it. Said. But moral of the story was, we finished the game. You and I bid the ex- or printed <laughs> yep. the exact yep. amount of money, 121 units, whatever sure. it was. The guy who was completely eliminated had bid something like 145, yeah. and another one had bid 98. And it was such a great moment. I mean, how often in an auction game? When you're bidding on something positive, right? I mean, there's auction games where you have like a weird reverse bid where you don't want to win something. But in an auction game where you generally want to win the bid, he was so disgusted that he had won the last bid because he knew that probably put him out of contention. And look on his face the rest of the game. <laughs> Which, granted, it was like one more turn. It wasn't, it wasn't another two hours he sat and suffered. Um, but it was, was just abject great. abject disgust. It was just great. And just, it, it, if a look... Ever said glory to Rome to yep. everybody else playing and himself. Yep. That was it. And that that was just, it was special. Yep. That was really, yep. really good. Yep. And the good news now, now that I say yes, people are going to be pissed off, 18 copies, this and sure, that. Sure. And I mentioned this pri- uh, previously that Gavin told me that if and when we review and or do a playthrough of the game, if people are interested, they need to send him their email. And he will run another Kickstarter to make another set of copies for this game, but he's going to limit it to about 50 because wow. these are handmade. He sure. makes a, So he can't do 500 yeah. of them. That's yeah. unreasonable. But he may do them in batches to run multiple Kickstarters. Nice. So before it pisses anybody off that you can't get this, you can't get this now, yep. but there's likely to be demand because sure. knowing our audience and knowing how good that was tonight, yeah. Yeah. once we stream it, there's probably going to be a Kickstarter coming yeah. up soon thereafter. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. So I just wanted to say, and the reason I wanted to have you on here yeah. tonight was I like the, the way you think about things sure. and the way you're able to verbalize them, I think, is really interesting, mm-hmm. but it's also... You're one of my absolute favorite people in this hobby, and you're James Nathan. Yeah. You're not so and so with so and so show. Sure, sure. You know, and, just... I, and it's it's you know I have trouble introducing myself because like I'm just a guy, right? Like I don't um, to some degree like I feel like I should have credentials to like do you know what I mean? I have no credentials to like be an expert on on things, right? Right. I'm, I'm just a person. I find I find the way you are and just. A lot of things about you fascinating, sure, sure. and I think you're a really good dude. Yeah. I have been clamoring to get you to come to HeavyCon. Yes, probably and, this year. And and your wife. Uh, so, on that note, yeah, tell me tell me that story if you don't mind about what you told me last night about your wife and being okay and her yeah, coming to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. Essen. So you know, go, again, probably going back to the. To the sense of, is it about the people or is it about um, the games? And, you know, uh, my wife generally doesn't play the games. Um, if it's a family thing and it's something, you know, we're playing code names or something, sure, sure jump in. Right. Um, she generally almost actively dislikes them otherwise, you know? Just um, not her bag. She is, she is a amazingly unique individual, and, and, and I would ramble on for a long time trying to explain her. And um, she is generally on my case to get rid of anything I own. Um, <laughs> she's, you know, we're, we're one of those families that makes like a, you know, a trip to Goodwill every two weeks. Just she is constantly, let's Purging. purge anything right, we yeah. own, anything we own, you know, and, and not buying new things. And um, so is it decluttering? Uh she had her father used to ha- uh, was kind of a pack rat, and and I think it's probably just a reactionary thing. I, I totally get that. Against yes. that, okay. Um, um, Amanda's similar in a lot of ways. Sure. Okay. So, she's generally on my case to get rid of things, and you know she 
She came to a, to a game night once at a, at a public meetup in, uh, I'm from around Cincinnati, uh, years ago. And, and she really was put off by how much no one talked to each other, right? She, this is her first time playing much other than, let's say, Ticket to Ride. We go to a public meetup, and a guy teaches her reef encounter from the rules. Ouch. That's hard. That's rough. It yeah, was, okay. Right, so, right. And, and, and that's not what painted her. I mean, she's, she is who she is. She wasn't going to like it anyway. But so the context was these people are all sitting around trying to figure out and learn and play Reef Encounter, and no one was talking to each other, right? Right. There, there was no kibitzing. Correct. Correct. Right. You know, and we didn't know each other that well, which possibly that's the reason to kibitz more. But um, for me, that's a reason to kibitz less. Um, just not that I don't want to know everything about everyone. I just have trouble asking those questions. Okay. Um, and so on the way home, she was, she just, you know, I just wanted someone to ask what somebody's middle name was. Like, why can we talk about something? Like, um, and so that was kind of her view of what happens um, and not the other side of what happens. Okay. Um, you know, the way we are here where there's, you know, when you're more with friends, and, and, and to some degree that was with strangers, right? And, and I think she almost thought that going to events like this or, or HeavyCon was more strangers, and that it was that kind of thing, and, you know, why should we spend money to go and do that? Okay. Um, All right. and, and that's a and fair point of view given her experience, absolutely, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Sure. And so... Um, her seeing me more in my element at, at Essen just really shifted her whole mindset. So what was it at, at what was that though? What do you so mean by probably, that? Probably, I mean, possibly just the, you know, so we went in, it's more accessible Wednesday night than I thought, right? Um, my understanding was that Wednesday night, maybe you can sneak in and walk around a little, but you know, you should probably be a press person or know somebody or, you know, and you couldn't exchange money and, it was much more open than I realized, right? So we went over maybe 5, 5.30, not having eaten dinner because I expected we wouldn't actually get in. Right, yeah, you just, okay, yeah, we tried, let's go eat. That's absolutely what I expected to happen. Um, little did I realize how open it would be, and I think probably that alone of, her, of the excitement on, on my face and in my body and just like the, get, the <gasps> kid in a candy store right. giddiness, like... I think she probably is like, whole, just wow, he really, like, this is giving him, like, such Secret an... Secret access. Se and, se yeah, yeah. No, not that, but just, you know, I'm so much more on go and less on pause, right? You know, the, just the, the passion and the intensity is just like, wow, like, he really does, like, get a lot out of this, you know? And um, so I think that, you know, just the... the I'm <laughs> generally a fairly emotionless person, and... Um, and I think just the amount of emotion she could see in me, too. She's like, yeah, we should support this part of it more. So next year's budget has more money approved for events, less for games. She definitely still thinks there's enough games that, that, that no budget needs approved. But for events, it, it, was, it was much easier to pass this year. That's cool, man. So she, she understands your, your passion, and, and she wants to support that and, now that she sees that. Absolutely. Right? And your speech at Fitzpatrick's helped that a lot, right? So I haven't released that yet. I'm a little bit uncomfortable sure. with it. Um, I'm going to because sure. it's the right thing to do. Yeah. But it's it's a little bit. It just it's uncomfortable a in little bit. For in me. general, it yeah. was a speech about it's more about the people and less about the games. Yes. Yeah. There you go. And uh, but yeah. And I I mean it's I feel a lot like passion begets passion. Good begets yeah. good. And I feel like I have been very fortunate to surround myself in this hobby sure. with those that, even if they're not as passionate about this stuff as I am, that people are attracted to that in a, yeah. in, in, or respond positively sure. to that. Sure. And I think that was cool that she, that that helped in some small yeah. way that she saw that, oh, wow, this is, this is about people and connections yeah. and sharing a, a love of this hobby, 
I mean, this is our version of a knitting club, right? Sure. Or, 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 or a fishing yeah. club or whatever it is. It's just this is, the, this is our bag. Yeah. This is our, our, yeah. our thing. So that's awesome to hear, man. Yeah. That's really, really yeah. cool. And it, I, I, cannot, I cannot overstate how excited I was. For both the not hot games room, <laughs> just the concept. Yeah. Where, where else are you going to do that? Right, right. And I, well, I, there was another place you could have done it. So I didn't realize there was a separate sign-up sheet for rooms that have banquet tables in them, like boardroom tables, and some other rooms that are reservable. So I had initially signed up for a different room, then realized I probably had a banquet table, like a boardroom table, sorry, that probably wouldn't work, right? I need regular folding tables, a dozen of them, so I can set up these games, right? One giant table, that doesn't work for me, right? That list is for people who want to play a war game for a couple hours and need a dedicated space, right? So I had initially signed up on that list. When I found the other list, I signed up on it. I apparently forgot to take my name off the other list. Oops. So today, I found that there actually was a second Not Hot Games room. It was so not hot, there was no games in it. Um, so I was walking around today and found that Thursday afternoon, uh, I hope nobody went to, uh, I don't remember the name of the room now, but there's a room on the first floor near the Innovation Ballroom where uh, I had reserved it for Thursday. Or, well, it happens. But what I meant by where else are you going to have that, I meant other than BGG Con. No, Because of the library, right? Right. And I fully expected it, legitimately expected it to be... A lot of fun mm -hmm. playing just miserable games sure. and being and sharing in the group yeah. misery, yeah. but having a lot of laughs about yeah. it, right? Yeah. Come to find out, so I played three games at this. So I went two into two and a it, third. Uh, okay, two in a thirty-three percent. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, auto scooters. Yep. Not that. That's the type of game I expected yep. it yep. all to be. Yep. However, the other two games I am now actively hunting. And I've made it one of my life's goals to get Hinkle and Stein reprinted because I think it was that clever of a game and that good. And I think the people that like the types of games that we enjoy, I think, will go past the level zero thinking yeah. that, or to use a poker reference, I look at my cards, good hand, bad hand, and I just play that and that's it. Yep. And I think the people that go to level one, level two, level three, thinking of, okay, I have a X hand. What do you have? Yeah. And then what do you think I have? Sure. That type. Because I, after I played Hinkle and Stein, and I had a lot of those, and I, I mentioned this last night, some of those, oh, moments yep. in the game, yep. I went and read the comments, and the comments... People weren't, didn't get past, some, a, a number of the people didn't get past that level zero thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think there is a lot more there than meets the eye. Yeah. Like, take a game like Northern Pacific, the winsome yeah. game, that some people argue or ask, is it even really a real game? Yeah. And... But when you, you can go levels into that, and then you're like, oh, dude, that's really clever. Yeah. It's on that kind of level of mm -hmm. game. And so I go in expecting this to be just a disaster game-wise. Yep. Yep. And then the other one being Basket Boss, which yeah. was a really just kind of non, not, not PC, but sure. just, just a, like a tongue-in-cheek yeah. basketball game, but with a really, really good auction mechanic. Yeah, and interesting, you know, it's a basketball game where there's no simulation of the game. Your right. only simulation is being, being the, the manager hiring the, the team. Yep. So, yeah, man, this was, uh, this was a lot of fun. And yep. I uh, truly, I look forward to, for all intents and purposes, ending BGG Con every year, playing. Time's up. Time, I, I, dude, I cannot remember that name tonight. But playing times up with you because yep. that intensity, but it's it's less now intense seriousness about the game, but yeah. it's more intensity in let's have fun and yep. just yep. now you know it's almost shtick, right? And right. it's 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 glorious and it makes me smile. Not only playing the game with you, but the the thought 
of playing the game. Yeah. And the anticipation yeah. brings a smile to my face. I, uh, I'm friends with the Monikers guys and uh, a similar game to Time's Up. And I was demoing it at PAX West a couple years ago in a pretty crowded area. And I had to charade the card, the guy who threw his shoe at George W. Bush, right? So it, does, you know, it has some cards that aren't the specific person's name, but just kind of describes them, right? The woman who spilled hot coffee on herself at McDonald's. And I physically, in the middle of demoing, stood up and took my shoe off and threw it across the room. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, it's just a lot of fun, like, when you can, you know, sometimes I'm good with strangers, and uh, sometimes the clues hit, and sometimes they don't, and uh, the, the cards, but. Yeah, good stuff, man. All right, so this is the end of the year for us, uh, or at least for me. It's the end yep. of the it's the end of con season. Yep. This is it. I got, until... I got one more post Essen gathering in, in in Cincinnati, possibly next weekend. All right, but it's but a I... local thing, right? Yeah, Small, yeah. low sure, key. Sure, right. sure, sure, sure. And I mean, we have our game nights and yeah, everything, but yeah. this is it for me. Um, very happy to have experienced everything that I did this yep. week. The not hot games room was a blast. Uh, seeing old friends, yep. making new friends, and just just having a really, really great time. This is a great way to end the year, and I don't see me not coming to this yeah. going yep. forward. And it's just, I mean, my biggest regret, honestly, is the fact that Amanda's not here, and that's yep. a huge Absolutely. bummer. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, it's it's been an awesome time, and... Uh, yeah, I'm glad we got to hang out more than I expected this yes, weekend. Yes, yes, much more. So that was a really good time, man. So thanks a lot for doing this. Yep. Thanks a lot for the passion. Of course. And, uh, and thanks for turning me on to some really good, not hot games. Absolutely. All right, Absolutely. man. Have a good one. You too.